If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. Hello, my family. How are you? I got here tonight and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to walk in here without getting sick. For some reason, I had the worst headache I've had in a long time. And I walked in and Pastor Jeremiah prayed for me. And Chase prayed for me on our amazing worship team ministered to me, and I feel totally fine. Like I was literally sick walking in the door. I felt terrible, and I feel totally fine right now. So awesome. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 26 this evening. This is simply titled, Welcome Home. Welcome home. Miss Velma, how are you? Good to see you. Genesis chapter 26, God always reminds me how important it is to be in this home, in this house, with you people, in this amazing place where amazing things happen and the word of God goes forth and changes people's lives every week. He always reminds me and tells me how important that is. And tonight, I just want to bring a few thoughts. Pastor Jeremiah said he had a 30-minute offering, so I was kind of hoping my 15-minute sermon would would go well with that, but we'll be out of here quick. 58 minutes, I have, looks like. So, Genesis chapter 26, let's start in verse 2, and I'm just going to read a few verses. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him, this is Isaac, and said, Do not go down to Egypt, live in the land of which I shall tell you. Let me preface this by saying, I spent a few minutes last week that was a little slice of this message. So, but I've got some other stuff to go along with it, so it's going to be cool. Verse 3 says, Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath which I swore to who? Abraham, your father. And I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands, and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because, verse 5 says, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And the beginning of this chapter states in the first verse that there was a famine in the land, and it makes sure that you know it wasn't, that that that's the second famine. There was a famine in Abraham's time too. And so, this chapter talks about Isaac considering going down to Egypt just to find some food or, or some work or something to, to live, a change of life. Anybody ever felt like that? Like you're just ready to get out of town, whatever, so, you know, this is obviously not working out, so I'm just going to go, you know? You ever felt like that before? Just me? But it's interesting, the word dwell here in verse 3, it means to turn aside from the road. So when I see things like that in the Word, I think, okay, well, God's telling him to pull up and and grab a parking space. And he says, this is where I've put you. This is where I want you to stay. Don't worry about it. Yeah, there's a famine going on around you in the land, but I'm going to do the same thing I I swore to your father Abraham. I'm going to bless you. These lands are going to be yours. The descendants all over the earth are going to be blessed through you. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing promise. In the midst of wanting to move away because things are so bad, the Lord just says, just stay right where you are. 
home sweet home right here. This is going to be this is going to be home right here. I want you to remember the first thing I want you to remember tonight is to dwell in the place where God puts you. And tonight you're in the perfect place. Just like I said when I walked in here, this is what I needed. I had a I had a really I had a really calm day at work. No big deal. Everything was smooth. And then as soon as I left work, I had this massive headache for hours and hours. And my wife always gets on to me for dealing with stuff like that. But, but anyway, I feel better. So, but listen to this. Psalm 23, 6 says what? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me always all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell here. I'll make this place where I'm supposed to be. I'll make this place home. See what I'm saying tonight? Make this place home. Don't see it as your Sunday duty, your Wednesday duty. Make it home. Make this the place where you close your eyes and you visualize walking up to the door, opening the door, and amazing things happen every single time you set foot in here. Sometimes, I think it's important that we stay put, even if things are unsettling. If you feel unsettled, you ever felt like that before? It's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm not too sure what I'm supposed to do. I, I see this, and, but then there's this door, and, and, and then this... This job called me, and, and I don't know if I should accept it or something like that. And you feel unsettled. You feel like you're not going to make the right decision. But I think sometimes we simply have to stay put. Because God has you somewhere. God has you here. This is the Wednesday night group. That's the way I joke around. Of all people, you're the people that really don't need to hear this, but... But this is the place where home is. This is the place where you do feel settled, right? This is the place where I feel like when I walk in, something's going to change for the better. I remember speaking about the place where God puts you. I remember first meeting Jen and getting married, and, and uh, I really didn't have a clue about how church life was and how married life was and how parenting was. So I was kind of thrown into the fire. And I, and I was clueless about what to do. I was clueless about how to make her happy. I was clueless about raising kids. Man, it was bad. So I just always look at her and just, what do I do, babe? Tell me. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it, boss. Uh, but, I, but I started to realize over the first few years of us being married that that there was a plan, that God had put me somewhere in a specific place for a specific reason. And I was getting the feeling that even though I don't know exactly what that is right now, I felt settled. I felt like I knew there was a reason, there was a point. And it's amazing to see that plan unfold over year after year after year. And like I said last week, I think he kind of draws things out of you as you go. Things that you sometimes don't even want to see but once you do see them, you honor God, and you function with that gift. But I believe God put me with her in this family, 
And I believe God put her in my family for a specific reason. And see, the promise here to Isaac was that because Abraham believed God's word, everything was going to continue. All those blessings would continue to flow. And I know standing here tonight that you staying plugged into this house gives more opportunity for you to see the gifts and what God can do in your life flow. You sitting here tonight will see those things. You'll get more opportunities when you stay plugged into the house. There are more opportunities for God to use you. And I love that because I wasn't always willing. I wasn't always the most willing person. I did a lot of things in my younger years because I should, because it was the right thing to do, but I didn't always do them with a, with a willing heart. You know what I mean? There's a difference. And I've learned that. God's drawn those things out of me and, and ministered to me and, and helped me grow and realize how to make good decisions. Let's jump down to verse 12. Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. The second thing I want you to remember tonight is sowing into God's house is always good ground. Sowing in the house is always good ground. See, Jen and I have been a part of a few churches, not many. She's obviously been a part of a couple more than I have growing up in churches. But uh, when we got married, she told me, we tithe. This is what we do. This is how we live. We trust God with our money, and we give back to God because he gives to us. And I said, okay, sure. What does that mean? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't you're, you're going to give, you're going to like write a check and give it to the church? Is that what you're going to do? And it's our money? Interesting, right? Man, don't even get me started on sowing. This is good. Then Isaac sowed in that land, listen to this, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. He reaped, what, what kind of land was this? This is the land ravaged by famine, where none, nothing should be going right, right? There should be no way this guy could even make a living or, or feed his family. He's wanting to go down to Egypt, yet he sows. God tells him, nope, stay here. This is home right here. So he sows. And he reaps a hundredfold in the same year. And verse 13 says, The man began to prosper. This is so good. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Can't get any more much clearer than that, can it? For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. So God's word came true. He was blessed in that land when there was famine. And everything around him told him, it doesn't matter, you're, you're, this is a failure. Don't stay here, you've got to leave or you're going to die. That's what the world told him, see? But the Lord said something different. He said, just settle down. The same promise I gave to Abraham is yours. The same promise. Jen and I were uh, married for a really short time. Just, just a couple years ago, right? couple years ago, and uh, she went on a trip to Austin to her brother's church, and 
And uh, I did not go. I don't know why I didn't go. I think I was working. I wasn't, I wasn't a believer at that time. That's what she said. But she went on this trip, and she came back with a cassette tape. And I thought, wow, this is really weird. There's a man on this tape that I've never met that's talking to her about our kids that we don't have. See, I had never been involved in anything like that. So I, was, I didn't know what was going on. I was spooked. And I thought, okay. You know, I listened to that thing and I thought, oh man, this is really, this is just unusual and it's, uh, it was an unsettling feeling because I, I had no clue what was going on. But years later I looked back and I realized that God was speaking through this man about our son Pierce. We thought it was about Sophie for a long, for a long time, but it was about Pierce. And, and this guy, we listened to this tape a while back, and this guy describes this kid, this kid, over here in this building right here. He describes him to us years before, the, before Pierce is even on the scene. And he's speaking to us, and he's telling us what kind of kid this is, and, and what an amazing person he's going to be, and these characteristics, and they fit him. And we had had Sophie, we had been in McKinney for a a short time, and we had had Sophie, and we were thinking about having another baby, and we had a lot of trouble getting pregnant with Soph. And so we were were just believing, like, Lord, the the next child that comes our way, Lord, let it be a smooth pregnancy, let everything go awesome, you know? I don't want her to have to go through all that kind of stuff that we went through last time. I don't want me to have to give shots and all that stuff anymore. That was awful. So, so but, but that was our prayer. That was what, what we believed in. And Daniel Plowman was at the church, and he was, doing a, uh, he was ministering to our church one night. And uh, he, was, he said, tonight there's somebody that needs to make, make a sacrificial offering. Somebody that needs to, they've got something they're believing for, and they need to just give and just trust and give it away. Just trust God. And it's funny, I always say this to our church, but when we go to special meetings or if we have guest speakers or something, Jen and I, usually at the end of the service, when we want to give something, we'll, we'll, we'll have a number in our head and we'll look at each other and we'll say, what's your number? And it's almost always the same number, right? Not so this night. So I got this number in my head, right? And, and it stung, I mean, it was like, are Lord Satan, Lord? You know what I mean? It was, it was like, it stung already. And I said, I said, all right. I, I was like looking at her, digging the purse and get the checkbook out. And I'm like, all right, what's your number? I leaned over. I said, what's your number? And she told me her number and I stayed seated. And I, and I opened my eyes and I said, that is two of my numbers. That is my number doubled. That was, and it wasn't $5. You know, it was like, it was, it stung. The first number stung. So to double that, I said, all right. And so I immediately knew, like, all right, this is it. Like, I can either freak out and lose my mind over some money, or I can say, Lord, you know what? It's just money. It's, it's about trusting you. 
And this is what we're sowing for. This is what we, we're giving for tonight. And, and it's crazy because right after that, she got pregnant with Pierce. The exact thing that we we're believing for. See, sowing into God's house is always sowing into good ground. It's always sowing into good ground. You don't even know everything that goes on in this house, the arms that go out from this place and minister to people. We don't, we don't even always get to hear the good things that happen. But God knows. See, I'm here to encourage you tonight to set up shop here. Feel comfortable here. Make this your home. Challenge you to even go further than you have in the past with that attitude. Make a point to build this place with whatever you have. If you've been here for five years and you've never set foot in kids' church, teach a kids' church class. If you're sitting here tonight and you feel like you'd, you want to write a check in the offering, write a check in the offering. Whatever it is you can do. If you can come up here and pick up trash around the parking lot, pick up trash. Do whatever you can do. God honors that. It's not always about money. Don't get me wrong, money helps. Money helps us send people all over the globe to preach the gospel. Money helps us help those in need. But there's seed time and harvest. And see, he sowed in a land that was full of famine and received a hundredfold harvest. What never should have happened, happened. Because he's sowing on, in godly principles. Seed time and harvest is a law. Let's go to verse 19. I had an amazing encounter today. I'll, I'll mention it to you in just a minute. Verse 19 says, Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water. See, a couple of verses before this, Isaac himself redug Abraham's wells, the wells that Abraham had dug in the valley that the Philistines had closed up. Isaac opened those back up. And, and the Bible even says he named them the same name as Abraham had. They, the name remained the same. But it says his servants went into the valley of Gerar and found a well of running water there. But the herdsmen, the guys that lived there, quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Asek because they quarreled with him. I mentioned this last week, but I got... Some other good news. Verse 21 says, Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that one also. They quarreled over that one also. So he called it its name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well, the third well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called its name Rehoboth, because he said, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. So he dug 
they dug a well. And the people that lived there said, no, no, you're, dig- you're digging on our land. That's ours now. That's ours. What does he do? Okay. Moving on. Digs another one. They say the same thing. So he moves on to the third well, and they don't quarrel over it for some reason. Doesn't it always seem like there's resistance when you're making progress? Seems like there's a little bit of resistance. When you can see things, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, you can see things happening. But man, there's some resistance coming. Something just doesn't want you to get there. And I told you last week, that kind of reminds me of the phrase, pick your battles, you know? Like, this isn't a big deal. They realized, he realized, look, God's given me a promise. He's spoken directly to me in this terrible situation to stay here, and my family will be fine. They'll be blessed. No problem. The descendants of all the earth will be blessed through us. That's a pretty big promise. And the three wells, Esek, which means quarrel, Sitna, which means enmity, and Rehoboth, which means spaciousness. For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. See, they dug. Remember last week I said that? Dig and God will make room for you. Dig and God will make room for you. I met a woman today at Christ for the Nations, named Carol Ann Bassett. And she walked in, and, and I was shooting a video interview with her. And I really didn't know much about her, but that she was a student. And I got the feeling that she was kind of a big deal. So she walked in. She was this really sweet lady. She's, she told us she was 59, about to turn 60, and she looked like she was about 40. But Miss Bassett is the president of the Senate in Bermuda, the country of Bermuda. Like she's the president of the, of, of the Senate, of the lawmaking arm of the government. And she, as she was talking to us and just answering some questions and just saying how she flies from CFNI to Bermuda to preside over legislation, sessions, legislative sessions, and then flies back to take classes. And I'm thinking, God's got somebody that helps run a country that's flying in to take Bible school classes in Dallas, Texas, and then flying back to make sure that his word and that his prayer presides over that country. And she was saying things like she, she says she'll take control of sessions where people begin to bicker and argue and, and just throw out the ugliest words. And she'll take control and she'll pray. And she says, I'll go home that night and realize that everything's peaceful. In my house, everything, all, peace just overwhelmed the, the legislative body. And she runs that place honoring God. She runs it honoring God. And everybody knows it. And I'm thinking, man, that's, isn't that amazing? It's amazing to think that this woman goes to Bible school in Dallas, Texas, and helps run a country thousands of miles away. See, but she's digging. She was telling us about 
what God has done for her in the last two or three years since she's been at CFNI and the things that he's pulled out of her. She said there would be times when I first uh, was overseeing the body that she said people would rise up and argue and bicker and yell and, and, and harsh words would be exchanged. And she said, they're looking at me and I'm thinking, the one thing I don't want to do is, is chime in and start speaking and, and then hear fear in my voice. She said, my stomach would start turning in knots and my hands would shake as I'm sitting there and people are arguing, yelling. And then she'd pray. And she said, I'd take authority because I know who God's made me. She said, God didn't make me a person that's going to sit down, be quiet, and let my hands shake and let my stomach get upset. He's made me to take authority over this situation and this time. See, she's digging. And God's making room for her. God's put her over to preside over the Senate. I love that. She's changed the atmosphere of, of leadership in the government totally. Revolutionized it. In just a few short years. And, see, and she says she, she knows, she feels that God's continually expanding her influence because she's digging. She's, she's saying, I'm seeing the way God changes me. And she said, when I first got to CFNI, I learned who God was and then who God made me. Who I am in God. And she said, that's what changed everything. When I saw who he was, she said, then he started to reveal the inner workings of our relationship and, and how he wanted to deal with me and how he wanted to bring me up and, and lead through me. What an amazing story. And see, when you're continually digging in the house, God shows that fruit in your life. That fruit just comes, that fruit just comes out. You don't, even, you don't even know what's inside you. Tonight, sitting in this place, you may be a worship leader, or a kid's church, or an usher, kid's church volunteer, or an usher, help in the parking lot. You don't even know what's down there. I feel like, I feel like I'm almost scared for the Lord to draw something else out of me. <laughs> you ever feel like that? Like, Lord, no, 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 no. You're not going to have me go to teach youth, right? I said that in San Angelo, Texas, and he did, and it was awful. It was awful. This lady knows what's up right here. It was bad. But you know what? The Lord said, will you do it? And I said, sure, I'll do it. And I learned. And I had a lot of fun. But I was a nerd. Huge nerd. And the kids knew it, so. Mm. But see, that fruit just comes out of your life. Just by you digging just a little bit, God's making room for you. Just by her seeing, all right, okay. Lord, I know who you've made me. I'm taking control of the situation. There she goes. Digging just a little bit more of a hole. Gonna sit right here in this house, in this home. And that fruit just pouring out. Everybody bow your heads with me and just close your eyes for just a second. If you're here tonight and maybe you've felt some anxiety or some just some unsettling feelings about 
making the house of God your home. I just want to pray for you tonight. If you look at a door and you're a little bit worried about what's behind it, but it interests you, that can still be God. That can still be God speaking to you. I feel like there might be somebody here tonight that's just maybe not not all in for some reason and, and just maybe just an area where like if you want to volunteer or you want to serve or you want to do something, maybe the Lord's spoken to you about it. You could just slip up your hand and I'll pray for you tonight. Thank you, Lord. I, Lord, I thank you that you've seen these wonderful people tonight. And, and Father, I thank you that you're not the author of confusion, but you direct our steps, Lord. You direct our paths. And so, Father, I thank you tonight that everyone in this place has a new boldness about them. Lord, that when they walk into this place, as soon as they set one foot in this place, it's home. Every single time. I thank you that a new feeling of comfort is ushered in when we walk into this place. We thank you that your house is the place where we can come and sit down and kick our feet up and just relax with our friends and family. We thank you that it's also sometimes the place where we come in and fire is falling. And Lord, that hearts and minds are changed, that people are set free, Lord, that when they come into this place, there's always an expectation. And Lord, I thank you for these that you've seen tonight. Lord, that as maybe for some reason they've been hindered or, or not been able to jump into this place to make this home, I thank you that they're free to do that tonight. Thank you, Lord, that there's peace in their hearts and minds tonight. And I thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful to bring things out of us, that, that fruit is shown through our lives toward you. Thank you for your word tonight, Lord, as it ministers to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, that was so good. Um, would you and Jen just come up and let us pray over you? We pray over you all on Sundays, but just give an opportunity for this Wednesday night congregation to be able to agree with y'all. Are you getting your checkbook? I'm not sure. <laughs> Father, I just thank you that these two have answered the call of God on their lives, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the fruit that has been and that will continue to be through this ministry, Lord. And we thank you for making them a part of this body, but Lord, and a reaching arm, like Pastor Derek said, that they're, that they're touching lives that we can't touch from McKinney. Father, we thank you that you continue to open doors for them and that you continue to give them opportunities to minister, Lord, and that they're faithful in everything that you give them to do. And Father, we just thank you that you bless them with everything that they need and even the things that they want. Father, that as they go um, doing your will for their lives, they would be blessed abundantly in every area. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. 
Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.